Jonathan Haynes, tell me first off what you do for CrossFit because I think a lot of people are not aware of your role with the company. Sure, so I am a publisher for the CrossFit Games. I work in the publishing department, which is, um, it's kind of a funny term to describe of many things. It involves uh, putting content on the website, social media, YouTube, um, organizing strategy behind the information that goes out in the CrossFit Games. So I'm a communicator. Um, I, I listen to what the community is talking about and I help to deliver information from CrossFit HQ from, uh, on behalf of on, beha on behalf of CrossFit HQ on topics of the, op the Open and the Games. So we're here in, uh, in Ireland, Filthy 150, first sanctional of the 2020 season. Mm -hmm. Lots of things have happened over the past year and a half at HQ. It's had both like major internal and external changes. Um, and yet, you know, maybe the environment within the community has been, I don't know, like how would you describe the environment within the community in terms of how they've taken things? Well, normally like my role is, I'm not a, as you can tell, I'm not like a, someone that sits in front of the camera and talks. I'm, I'm a listener and I'm a worker. Um, I'm not someone that's going to uh, speak up most of the time and say what I see. I like to listen. But the last 10 months or last 10 or 11 months has really felt like two years because I think we've crammed almost a season and a half into that time. There's been a lot of change. I think in, in almost every competition, blogs, stories, that word change keeps coming up about like, oh, the changes or the things that are happening. People just keep talking about it. Like, I think it's the most commonly used word. And it's kind of, um, there's been, it's been, there's been a lot of emotion and a lot of, a lot of, uh, how do I say this? Uh, a lot to digest. And I think one of the biggest struggles has been uh, communication. So for me personally, it's like, okay, well, what does this all mean? What is, what's, what's next? What's happening? How do we talk about uh, the situation that we're in and like move forward? And that's, that's how I wanted to try, like even right now, a little bit nervous to step out and say it, but I kind of want to talk through my perspective because I, I don't like what I see in terms of communication like as a whole and like the whole ecosystem. The way that we talk to each other, um, not in person, like, you know, the CrossFit community is great. Like you go to these events and people are happy and smiling and you talk to, you go to, you go to just about anywhere, go to a box, it's great. But online, in the context of the games, the conversation has gone to a very like toxic place in terms of when we disagree, it gets to a very like personal or um, what's the word? Uh, destructive place. Mm -hmm. So if I don't agree with you, I like I immediately start attacking you, or sure. it's time to shut you out, or just push you away, or you're, you're canceled. And I don't think like I see that happening a lot in the in the real world and other communities and sports and doing that. And that's not, a, that's not really a CrossFit thing. And we're, we're starting to drift on that past, and so I kind of want to present my perspective and see if there's a different way to like reform our communication. Sure, and I mean, my, so my space, my role within the CrossFit community could probably be debated by a bunch of different people, whatever. But my perspective is that 
um, I'm kind of uniquely positioned to sort of have been in the space for a really long time, well connected enough to sort of kind of have an idea of what's going on, maybe more uh, informed about some decision-making processes than other people might be. And uh, I try to use that to sort of like, you know, keep the conversation going. I think there's a lot of people that, I say it all the time, they talk about CrossFit. CrossFit's being talked about by thousands and thousands of people all over the world that communication, that conversation can be moved along in a positive way. And that's one of the things that I try and do. And, and I, it's interesting to hear you say that because, you know, I think it's really common to just assume the worst out of somebody when you don't have the context around certain decisions, the context around why, you know, just the assumption is that like they're morons, they're incompetent, they're mm -hmm. bad, they don't know what they're doing or they're doing it on purpose to ruin something. Um, so I can definitely, hear what you're saying in terms of you know maybe the there's more of a toxic environment around some of the communication within the space but like how do you fix that right well my job is like i'm a communicator and so it's my responsibility to listen and act and so for example at the beginning of this year i didn't quite understand like what you were about like you were very critical of the company i work for and the people i work with and there's a lot of people that i work with day in and day out and I know them in a very personal way and it's hard to hear that stuff because I know how much they put into the company I know how much they care um, and it's such a misunderstanding so it's very easy like it starts with me so it's, it starts with me communicating with you and being here to say like it doesn't make any sense for you, me to watch your video and for you to criticize us and me just get upset and then do nothing like I should come talk to you and so that's what I'm here to do is to start that process for me to explain what I see and to see to better understand what you see and to see if there's something for us to move together in terms of communication where it doesn't have to be like is it, we don't have to leave today with you coming over to feeling how I feel, but putting everything on the table and discussing it and taking time taking away each other's information is a good start. Sure. And I hope there can be a um, a replication of this with others. Like that's that's my hope is that other people will start to have conversations without um, attacking each other or evolving like, like name-calling, feelings, personal stuff. It could just be true development. Okay, let's do it. I mean, let's, uh, I mean you have a ton of notes. We, yeah. we briefly talked about this a little bit earlier today, um, but I'm very curious about the details of what, what you had in mind. Okay, so there's a lot of layers to the community. I've been thinking about this for a while in terms of uh, the games and are the games important and where does CrossFit sit and CrossFit HQ and like how that the ecosystem. So I'm going to try um, to paint this perspective and stop me if you if I if you lose or if I lose you. Um, so um, like I said, there was lots of emotion with all the changes and uh, starting in January with people leaving the company and the games moving around and uh, and there was a lot of confusion from maybe January till about August and there wasn't a whole lot of communication coming out of HQ and I don't think I don't know if that was the um, I don't know if it was time to talk I think it was a lot of time for listening and understanding before speaking um, and then we ride up the games and the games were for me um, it was almost a surprise because the games felt so good like after all of that um, hardship and 
negativity and all those things. Like the games are really fun if you were that. I don't, I don't know if you share oh, yeah. the same the same uh, sentiment, but like it was a really good time, like more so than most years. Um, and there was a lot of people that were happy, and it was about it was a celebration of people coming together. Um, the competition was exciting. It was it was different, and like there were things to learn. Like the the cuts brought a new new excitement. Um, and like in that moment, I started thinking about like why does this like why is this so great? And I think it starts, or like one of the elements is the athletes. Like we have a unique and special set of athletes. And if you look at the people, you can start talking about like their characteristics. So you have Rich Froning. Um, if you think about it, he, he is, um, what's unique about him is he is a four-time champ. And every time, um, he's probably one of the best athletes we've seen. And he's constantly pointing the fingers at other people in terms of credit. Like, he talks about his faith, he talks about the people that support him. Um, he, he's always pushing credit off of himself, or he even talks about like the methodology in CrossFit. And that's unique for someone that's been so good and done so much work to um, be so generous and gracious with uh, that credit. And that's, um, that's one athlete. And then you have athletes like Tia Toomey, who's um, had a similar um, characteristic as she did not want like attention when she first got in the field, and she was very um, deflective. But it was like and it had almost a negative like she wanted to diminish herself and um, take away from herself to make herself seem not as good as she was because like there was pressure there. And I think that came out in one of the documentaries. I don't know if that was I think it was the seventeen. It's a seventeen documentary, or maybe it's sixteen. Yeah. And people like called her on that and she um i don't know all the details of what she did behind the scenes but she showed up the next year a different person and she really stepped into herself and owned um who she wanted to be and became the dominant athlete that she is still very gracious still very kind um and like that there's that there's um then you go to an athlete like matt similar athlete different story where he loses he shows up and he just can't break that second slot, like which is still like very respectable, but then flips the switch one year, and just becomes dominant. Then takes nothing away from those other two athletes I mentioned, but just wears the mantle in his unique way. Um, and I can keep going. Like there's athletes like Katrin. Like I was there in the Meridian where she couldn't climb the rope uh, at regionals, and that was agonizing. Like it felt like forever. Like just watching somebody just struggle through defeat, and then comes back and. Um, year, a couple a year later or so, wins twice. Special. All the assets I mentioned, still gracious, still still kind, giving to the community. Can, there's more like there's Sam Briggs, there's Kristen Holte, just quiet champion, BKG, like Stone Cold. All very nice, but just get the work done. That's such a like you can keep going down the line. There's people in that that I haven't mentioned that maybe I don't even know that brings special characteristics to the sport. It's, it's really awesome to think about we pull all those people into one spot and have them compete on the field and get to watch. Like that's, that's a special element of the CrossFit Games that I don't know, um, I don't know. I, there, there's great people in other sports, but like I feel like that's different there. So that's one layer. Um, and I think those people draw the crowd. And the crowd, I think, in my opinion, is the most special part of the CrossFit Games. Because the makeup of the crowd, like the stories in the crowd, are 
um, I don't want to compare them to the athletes, but it's like you can have conversations. We went around this year and sampled um, stories for the Open, and these people have incredible stories. The people have overcome, you know, diseases, lost weight. Um, they've, they've done something special in their life, and they're all coming to the games to just celebrate and party and party and watch and have a good time. And every, and for the most part, like I haven't encountered somebody that's been just awful or rude. It's like it's a really good time, and that's my favorite part is to look around and see uh, the quality of the crowd. And I've just been ping pong between those two things for years of like, yeah, we've just got to celebrate the crowd more. And I started to think, then I started to think about like, what's a layer above that? Like, who, like, how did that crowd get there? And that crowd, um, for the most part, I'm sure there's outliers, uh, behind that person is probably a coach who opened up the doors at 6 a.m. and encouraged them to be better. And that person in the games or at the games is standing there because there's a coach who cared about cared about their movement, their, their quality of life um, and um, the nutrition and just pushed them to be better. And they start they were the catalyst for that weight loss or that whatever their accomplishment. And that was I was like, okay, well that's that's another layer. Like that's that's something special and unique about CrossFit that I don't know if it's replicated somebody else. Where you can just have somebody like, oh, like who who helped you, and they can just rattle off a name. Like yeah, mm -hmm. he went he went above, he went above and beyond. And then I wanted to step further, and it's like who? Okay, well, who nourishes those people? Who 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 builds the coach? And I think right there is. Um, my my answer is like that's that's part of the role of HQ. It's like we are a training business. We equip trainers, and I feel like the repositioning of the last, or what's happened in the last ten months or however long, has been to equip those people to keep um, developing that crowd we see. And so I was like, okay, that's great. But then I wanted to examine that. I'm like, well, that's not really good enough. That's not, like the games is not, uh, you can't take the games and have to use it as a fix-all for all the world's problems. You don't have, um, not everybody likes the games. Like, and I'm talking about on the world stage. Like some you can put it on TV and some people are inspired by it. Other people are scared of it. Other people think like, oh, that's too intense. I can never do that. And so like the games as a sole vehicle for the, for CrossFit doesn't work on everybody. But CrossFit works. Like you, you can take CrossFit and apply that as a fix-all to many people. Greg has been talking about things like that like all year when he speaks about the elegant solution and like how special um, what's happening in the box is and how like we have an answer that like can help a lot of people. And he said it a lot repeatedly and um, I think it's taken me until like recently to really have that hit home to like, okay, well, if you like that, the, the CrossFit piece is the fix all and that, that explains to me why so much change is needed and why uh, things happened, like the, the things happened the way they did to reposition the games. There's, there's nothing wrong with the games, the games are great, but you just can't take it and give it to everybody. Like you need to have you need to take it and give it to your mom, your grandma, your, your dad, um, people that are having trouble, um, underserved, underserved, chronically ill, um, can't move well. And the things at the games don't do that for them. Um, for example, 
there's a there's an element of getting an edge in the games where you 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 shorter movement or you'll um, try to skirt a point of performance to try to move faster. Like I think it's a popular thing now. You see it in the open where people are doing um, funky things to try to get save a couple seconds, and um, I think that's part of sport. Um, I think it really it really came into play in that one event where there were uh, dumbbell thrusters, and you saw athletes that were like literally broken at the midline, and that shortens the reps. And that's a that's a very sport technique. And it's not sustainable, it's not like it's not good for you. And if you take that sport aspect and you apply it in the box, like you wouldn't let your mom or your dad do that. Like you, like first time across, right? you would stop them, you would scale them back, you'd correct their movement, you would apply MCI, so you would uh, address the mechanics, make sure it's consistent, and then not only then apply the intensity piece back to make sure that they're moving correctly because you're working on their life quality. Mm -hmm. So that sport aspect or that technique of the games does not apply in the box. But the inverse, if you take that, that technique, that sound movement, and you put it in the games, it still works. Now that you can apply it anywhere, and any, anybody, you could scale it, and you can, it's, it's, a, it's a universal truth that just is effective at, at any level. If you look at Rich, you look at Matt, like there are, they're great movers. You don't have to, there's a lot of athletes that have branded themselves as like, they just hit the points of performance. And so that's what, that's the premise of like what I see is that, um, that's why, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Does that not make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I see the connection you're trying to make, right? From athletes, drawing the crowds, crowds being inspired by their participation in CrossFit, loving what it's done for them, right? I get that. Um, you know, that being sort of sparked by uh, a community and a coach that's able to kind of like get themselves behind them and believe mm -hmm. in them and teach them these new things and kind of challenge them the way, you know, I think all of us, everyone probably watching this, same deal as like we felt when we started doing CrossFit, like this new stuff is really wild and I've done, never done anything like it, kind of changed our perspective on things especially people that have stuck around it for so long. Mm -hmm. um, and I see kind of how the, the connection between HQ and the affiliates and the trainers should work. But I think the, the question is like, you know, for six or seven years of the games becoming the juggernaut that it was, was that still the case? Like, do you think that that was still happening? And do you think now that the changes have occurred and like the games are, are for better or worse, like, irrevocably different than what they were before is that gonna now be the driver for people caring about that right like where does that relationship between HQ and the trainers that's kind of like the root of pushing people to care about this thing like you know where does that actually slot in from a practical perspective in terms of you know getting people to care I mean I think you can do both I think you're I think you're talking to two different crowds like when you're talking about the games you're talking like the, there's an overlap, but you're when you're talking about the games, you're talking to a specific group that really understands, and um, they're they've probably been around before, and they there's a lot of history there. When you're talking about people that aren't interested in the games or the underserved population, there's a lot of history that's missing. There's a lot of elements that uh, are or issues that have nothing to do with the games that you need to be able to address, and I think that's where the the conversation of becoming like a to becoming a pro or a professional coach comes into play. And what that means to me is like, is being 
in love with the process of becoming better at what you do. Like that's that's what I do. I'm actively interested and curious of like, okay, where am I deficient? Like how how am I where can I improve? One area, public speaking. I'm just gonna try it. I'm just gonna it's it comes with practice. Um, but the same same as being a coach is like how how can that coach develop? And what I've seen happen at, on on dot com right now is like that is a place that is amassing truth and knowledge. Um, and I, I there's there was articles going up uh, or an article about um, of course I'm blanking on it now about the the definite or revisiting the definition of CrossFit and what that means. Um, and there's art. There's a lot of other stuff that's like really heavy reading. And what that, and some of it like just flies over my head to be honest, and that's okay. Like it reminds me of. Um, do you play any sports? And I played baseball a little bit. Okay. Right. Um, I played football in college. It reminds me of a of a college or NFL playbook. Like those things are thick, and if you open, if you would, if I were to show you one, it would look like gibberish to you. But to me, like I spent so much time drawing the basics and then learning like advanced defenses and blitz coverage and side adjustments that like. I could look at that book a lot differently than you could. And that's what I see like for a coach, like for a professional coach, like they could start seeing .com for the wealth of knowledge and be equipped to handle the things that are happening in this world. Like it's getting a lot more complex. People are, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There are, there's a lot of um, extra stuff going on that a coach needs to be equipped to be able to like weed out the nonsense and to, to take a, a new person that comes to you with a study that's based on a survey and just like knock that down mm -hmm. um, and not and not just be overwhelmed and be able to answer the, the tough questions and be able to get somebody um, into a place where they can start moving well and living better qualities of life so the, to answer your question like it's you there's room for both you know I've heard Greg talk about I don't know if he did it on any of the interviews but or in at like the affiliate gathering or whatever but at some point I heard him sort of refer to the, the new direction of CrossFit.com specifically as a B2B, right? So business to business. It's supposed to be HQ speaking to affiliate owners and mm -hmm. trainers. It's supposed to be this sort of like continued education of what is it that's important in the health and fitness space? How do you, you know, as you're saying, like, you know, kind of the science literacy, like how do you knock down a, a bullshit study mm -hmm. that one of your members brings in and is like, hey, uh, I heard veganism is gonna you know cure my cancer and it's like is it probably not let's talk about that right here's the sources here's why it, it, it this study doesn't work right um but you know the this this shift is predicated on that information actually making it through like the success of it is predicated on it actually making it through to the affiliates like do you think that the shift that you guys have made like basically neutering the games as a part of HQ's business, moving a lot of its efforts away from media content, from games content, things that I absolutely 100% agree with in terms of the movement that they did. Like, do you think that those things have resulted in this message being actually spread around better to the affiliates? Like, is it working? Is the change actually moving in the right direction? Because like we started this off with you basically saying like, hey man, communication in the crossword space is kind of starting to shift to this toxic space. So, you know, do you think that it's actually trickling down the way it should? That's a tough question. I mean, I think, I think it's still early in terms of 
people understanding uh, what what is what and what what they should be going to each place for. So I, I do think it was time to take a pause from uh, media HQ media creation around the game so that we could focus on our core business, which is we're like we're a training business. Um, and um, what's interesting is that like Greg started all this stuff and like we he he, he um, we're here because of his concept, him conceptualizing CrossFit and bringing it together. And so for him to stop us this now and to talk about um, what's important or what he sees going on, like after like what's happened, like what's happened in the last seven years of my career to bring me here, like I'm going to respect that. And I, and it's taken me months to like really unpack what that means and, and to and to listen to that. And I think it starts with conversations like this about talking, talking about uh, what what things are for. And I think just because uh, .com has focus, has pinpointed focus on something that's very important doesn't mean that media uh, creation and the CrossFit Games can can't continue. I think it should. I think like I think that your role in that is important. I think that uh, I also think you can't do it alone. So I think there's there's a need for more. Creator and create creation and creators to start telling the stories that we can't see or that are happening in faraway places, and I'm I'm very open to that, and I, I don't think that that means I don't think this time means less um, CrossFit Games media. I think it means different people speaking. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it makes sense. I mean, while it's one of the one of the biggest hurdles that I ran into, I mean, I've been talking about CrossFit in some way or another since basically I started doing CrossFit, but really I started like my blog or, and then my podcast like 2011, 2012. So I've been doing this for a long time and I've always been on the outside um, for whatever reasons, right? And I, I, as I mentioned earlier, like you even mentioned, like I didn't know who you were and you're just this really critical dude of what CrossFit was doing as a company. Um, my relationship with HQ was lukewarm to adversarial, like outright adversarial. Um, but the fact is like when CrossFit controls every avenue of messaging about CrossFit, everything becomes propaganda or marketing. Yeah. And being the sole provider of any sort of information about it was, a, was very important to begin with like the first couple of years because no one fucking knew what CrossFit was. You had to have someone who was the adult in the room to have a conversation and be like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why it matters. This is who it's important for. You guys can do with that information as you wish, but at least let's set the record straight. That was important to begin with and it became less and less important to set the record straight and more and more important to just control. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the changes sort of relieving that control are very positive. Uh, whether or not we see like creators stepping up into the space, I think we've seen a lot of athletes. I, I know, yeah. you know, so many people started new YouTube channels and mm -hmm. podcasts and stuff. Like that's awesome. I think they should have done it five years ago, right. honestly. Uh, but relying on what was the engine of the games media and the CrossFit HQ's participation within all this was, you know, the the easier to the right thing to do somewhere along that spectrum. At that point, but who knows, man? I mean, now that we're having these big changes, you obviously seem to have like a, and correct me if I'm wrong here, like a perspective shift of a bit, you know, of where you were, like maybe if you had a, if you have a conversation like this right now with the Jonathan Haynes, like in the heat of it, like 2015, 2016, 
you know, starting to get like a ton of live coverage, Facebook deal come in and play, live streaming to millions of people, Facebook pages like two million followers and stuff. You're like, you know, get the uh, open announcements or like all these hundreds of thousands of people are watching at a time. Like, you know, wh- how do you how do you sort of balance out that shift, right? Your perspective has changed so much since what you guys were doing back then. And I mean, the you guys thing is hard because HQ is very, um, it, it's filled with a lot of people doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of like, as an outsider, pinpoint one person and either blame them for everything or praise them for everything. But obviously there's a whole team of people working, but how do you, how do you make that perspective shift work, right? You have this like, different worlds that what CrossFit Games and CrossFit Media was and now. Right. I mean, the thing is like that other world was very exciting for me. Like, I'm like, I was, I felt like it was good and we were doing the right thing. Um, and like, to be honest, maybe nothing's wrong with that, except for the fact that it was beginning to distract from our core business. Um, and what I just talked about in terms of like core CrossFit. And people, it, it would be it would confuse people into thinking that like the games are the end all be all and our sole focus. Um, and I think that's where it starts to get dangerous. And I think that's 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 concerning in terms of like the sustainability of this business solely focusing on just that. Like it, like I said again, it's like it's not a fix all. It doesn't it doesn't solve problems for your grandma. There have been obviously tons of changes. Things are moving in a direction here that is probably more focused on health movement, affiliate support, training, right? Is there, and there probably is a lot of like internal, obviously communication amongst, amongst within HQ about how best do we serve this, but how much is there in terms of dissent, right? Like, is everyone on the same page? Is there, is HQ gonna like three years from now change its mind again and be like, all right, guys, we're going back to the CrossFit Games. Sanctionals are out. Regionals are back in. We're going to make us a sport again. Global sport, global impact. The health thing is cool, but what if we just, you know, became the biggest, baddest CrossFitters on the planet one more time? I mean, I sure hope not. Like, I think that that would be cutting out, like, a very important part of our population. Like, we're going to... I don't, I don't think you have to choose or think like that in terms of uh, it's either the games, all in on the games, or um, focusing on core CrossFit and the principles of like living a better life. Like, why not have room for both is, is, is my question. And then also, like, doesn't this model for the games open the door for more opportunity for people that just love the sport and want to focus on it? I would say so. I mean, to me, the uh, a big positive of the regionals shift to sanctionals is that now there are, you know, three to four times amount of opportunity to compete at high level competitions that also will probably be sort of like moderate level competitions in some states, you know, where you can go and you can do the RX division instead of the elite division or whatever, and you can share the floor with, you know, we're out here in, in uh, uh, Ireland for the Filthy 150, these guys are like, Competing, it's like Lucas Esslinger, Roman Kronik, Roman Kranikov is out here. You know, like Sean Sweeney is out here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's like the Irish national champion, and like there's a striation and a capacity there. But then at the same time, there's people who like eked in through the qualifier and are like, man, I get to compete with these games athletes, these like legends of the sport, right? And 
that I think to me is a huge positive. I know a lot of people were really critical of like, regionals are gone, where am I gonna compete? How do I structure my season? I think the freedom is kind of terrifying for people, mm -hmm. right? They just don't know, like they're not being told, here is your season, it's open regionals games and that's all you have to think about. Now they have a ton of options. They have the open October, if they don't wanna do it, they don't have to do it, it doesn't really matter. And then they can try and compete anywhere from November to July and there's so many opportunities. And I agree with that, I think that's absolutely a positive. The reason why I'm kind of presenting it as like an either or is because honestly, up until, you know, August or September of 2018, when the sort of news broke that regionals was going away for the four to six years prior to that, it did seem very one note, like almost everything that CrossFit was presenting itself as was in some way either directly about the games or really closely related to the games. like. The media, the messaging, the uh, online presence, the uh, focus, like get people into the open. And it's like, what does the open do? Well, the open feeds to the games, right? So it's like, so much of it seemed to be focused around in some way, shape or form the games. So it's like, yes, we can have both, but we could have had both a while ago, right? And we didn't. Well, I mean, that's, that's interesting to me, like, cause I'm just processing what you're saying because in that same scope of time, we were still doing a core business. We were still pumping, there was still a large amount of core content coming out. I just don't, like it just, you're illustrating that it wasn't heard or that it wasn't read, it wasn't picked up. Because if you if you go to the front across .com at that time and you see a games athlete, like you're not gonna notice the mass production of like, um, movement standard videos or articles being written to talking about like excellence in movement and becoming a professional coach. like. It, it sounds to me that like that message did not make it to you. And I think the positioning now, it's like, it's very obvious of where that is and what we're focused on. Now you have to choose to avoid it, but I don't, I don't understand why you would. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think we were, we were doing both then. The, the, the games aspect was just very prominent, loud and in your face. And now I think it's, it's moving in a direction where it's like, in the right place and from my perspective like to be honest like i don't know if that's um what will happen in the future or, um if it's completely right if like I, I know that like change is like it's that's life it's going to continue to evolve but like i really believe in um the opening of the door for other people to contribute to the story for like as a publisher like that's awesome to me i think that like, there there's an authenticity authenticity that i can't replicate in another language like I, I would need somebody else to write it and to, to understand and to have that same passion um in spain in france and in and wherever to just tell their, those stories like um that and that's what i want to get to is like get it, is it to where that international message is is emanating from different spots and it's not just originating or about um H hq like it would be great to see other creators like yourself that like aren't even talking about us that are talking about all the great stories that are going on and are becoming a beacon or a source for like shining a light on on others and, and bringing attention to the good things happening um, inside the box and also uh, like inside the sport and just showing like the great dynamics of, of what goes on. Yeah, um, you know, I I think to sort of because you know you kind of set out your main sort of perspective here is that there's some sort of communication breakdown within the entire ecosystem. Um, and one of the things that I am still 
kind of critical with CrossFit about um, is that communication from HQ to the community, right? Because HQ's role is a funny one in a way, right? They There is a presence. Mm-hmm. There has to be a presence in some way, shape, or form. They're not this sort of like top-down control everything that happens. I mean, that's completely antithesis to the entire affiliate model. It's antithesis to everything that, that Greg Glassman stands for, right? And so, in a way, it makes sense that when something happens or when decisions are made, the decision just occurs and then CrossFit as a company like doesn't really talk about it, doesn't really address it, they just kind of step away. So, you know, in from my perspective, I think that many of the issues that have the most toxic conversations around them within the CrossFit space could be either completely neutered or at the very least, you know, sort of soothed down by better communication just direct from HQ, right? When you, and I mentioned this earlier, is that this idea like, uh, you know, you just assume the worst out of somebody, right? If you don't have any context, if that context was just provided in some way, hey, we're doing X, Y, and Z because of X, Y, and Z, right? One of the most common things that I heard last year when those changes were being announced were, okay, okay, but we're waiting for official word from CrossFit. Why hasn't CrossFit said anything officially? And I was like, here's a fucking press release. Here's a phone call I had with Greg Glassman. Like, what are you expecting? If you show up in May to, you know, uh, Tennessee in order for the central regionals to happen, you're going to be alone because regionals are gone, right? So there's this idea that people are just expecting the official word in some way, shape, or form, and in many situations don't get anything, so it leaves it up to their interpretation to just be like, what's happening here? So, you know, how do you how how do you guys address that going forward? I mean, again, I don't want to put it on like you. It's not your job to specifically be like the voice of CrossFit, but I mean like as an organization, like how are you going to be able to address this sort of like void within which anyone can fill whatever negative or positive assumptions they want? Well, in terms of the situation you described earlier in the year, like I don't think I could have come on this show and given you a good answer like I, I didn't have it I didn't for the most part like I, it took me time to understand and that's why I've referred to earlier about it being like the good time to talk like I think it was time for a lot of people to like take a step back and reflect and really understand why everything happened like there was not like like there's I don't think a newsletter ahead of time or a heads up like that would have done anything positive because there's just there wasn't the right things or I wouldn't have known what to say at that time um, in terms of moving forward I don't have a great answer there either but I'm it's more of a curiosity is like what would you what would you like to see or I'm not just asking you I'm asking anybody that's watching is like what what when you say like more communication or what like what does that look like well, I mean presumably HQ can communicate to the affiliates as a whole and I think with the affiliates playing the role they do, and I mean, I don't know any sort of statistics in terms of demographics for like all crossers, but I would say it's pretty safe to assume that most, if not the vast majority of crossfitters are a member of a box. Mm-hmm. So with HQ having presumably a direct line of communication to the affiliate owners, there should be 
in that sense, an indirect line to most, if not the vast majority of CrossFitters. And so while it probably would not have made any sense to like out of the blue send out like a blast email to 15,000 affiliates saying like, by the way, regionals are gone and uh, we'll figure out the sanctionals thing over the next you know, couple months. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. That probably would have caused a big panic. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, there is an avenue right there for direct line of communication from Greg to the affiliates. And like one of the things that... I've heard from, you know, some affiliates, not a lot. I mean, most of the time people I'm talking to kind of understand and, and, you know, if they don't completely buy into the CrossFit Health and that initiative, they at the very least get why it's important to do what's, what is being done, right? But when decisions get made, for example, with CrossFit leaving Facebook and Instagram, um, some affiliates, rightly or wrongly, see one of CrossFit's roles as like, present the brand to the to the world at large in order for them to know that we exist um, and that decision is made like super quick real aggressive without a sort of heads up you know or a hey guys this is what we're doing and why we're going to be doing it that communication happened through Justin and the morning chalk up like he got an interview with Greg everything gets goes dark and then that interview gets published not everyone reads the, the morning chalk up I mean, they're huge. They're a big part of what happens in the sport in terms of news, but a direct line of communication is much better than sort of like a secondary source, you know, even with a direct interview with Greg. Like, just, I feel like that specific situation is one example of where, you know, just some heads up of, hey, here's our reasoning, here's why we want to do it. And again, I know it was published on CrossFit.com. Mm-hmm. I know that that's an avenue where the assumption is, you know, it's mostly the affiliate owners that are checking it. But I, when I was an affiliate owner from 2011 to 2015, I stopped checking main site probably sometime around 2012 or 2013. Um, I just stopped going to CrossFit.com because it didn't have anything to do with my day-to-day. I would still read the journal, still check out some of the content that was coming out, but in terms of what I was doing in the gym, like my continued education was with other authorities in the space not with crossfit and so when we received communication with crossfit.com it was regarding our affiliation it was regarding what was going on with us in terms of like are we up to date with our affiliate fees that sort of thing it wasn't about here's the state of hq here's the state of the affiliates as a whole here's why we're making this decision x y and z right i think that right there is like a really clear avenue of communication that's been underutilized if it's even utilized at all that's fair. Um, the challenge is, is that, and I'd be careful because I don't want to just like to shift the lane back and forth. Um, communication is a two-way street, so it's kind of a moving target of like where, where do we put that? Like, we're just gonna go down that road. Where, where do we put that information? Because like a lot of that stuff, like a lot of those moments were addressed. Like there was the publishing of the reasoning for for leaving Facebook it was published on .com. If you I can't force you to read that. I can, we can tweet it. We can put it in several places. But there's like, where's gonna, where's the agreement of like, okay, there's gonna be more, there's gonna be more communication, and like, we're gonna push it out. Like, where's, how do I know that you're going to read it? Um, for another example, would be uh, the beginning of the 2018 open. We, um, we took some time to really like 
send an, we sent an email out to all affiliate owners and it did lay out or talk about change and explain what's going on. I don't know if everybody read that. Like, I don't know um, what the uptake is. And a lot of the emails we sent out, it's like, I wonder, I wonder if people are listening or, or where people go for information. Um, so it's, it's a challenge of like, um, or like somewhere I need some feedback from you and other people. Like, where, where are you listening or where are you going to get your information so that we can put, when, when it is time to talk, when it is time to communicate and we want, I have something to say, like, how do I make sure you, how do I make sure that um, you don't get left out? Right. And how do I make sure the message makes it to you purely and not like somebody grabbing it and twisting it and presenting it with their own spin, but like the true message of what's going on. Um, so like that's, that's the challenge. And like, if you have insight into that of like what, it's like, I want to be talked to this way, or I want to be, I want to be heard here. It's like, that's an agreement of like, okay, well I can work towards that, but there's still at some point when the message leaves my hands, it's like, it's up to you to like, read it, digest it, receive it, and, and, and to take it up and to, to have that conversation. Like it starts, um, it's a relationship. Yeah. And I, there's been other times where like, I know there's been changes in training and I know a very careful, thorough explanation was crafted via email and sent out ahead of time before the changes happen. Like that's a, that's a step, that's a great step forward. I still don't know the feedback on the other end of terms of like how many people listened or picked that up. So, um, I can see it being very easy to be like, oh, like you're not communicating. It's like, well, like it's, this is still, uh, like we're a community in terms of like, this is a relationship. So how I'm not communicating, like, tell me where, where you would like to be, where you, where you like this conversation to take place. Yeah. I mean, listen, you can't, if you find a way to guarantee hundred percent people are going to pick Never. up, you tell me Never. that that's awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of people could utilize that. Right. Um, but at the same time, I think there's like a reasonable expectation that the channels that are most direct for the message at hand are being used appropriately. For example, um, I would hesitantly put myself in a, a specific group of like media people within this space. Um, you know, there should be some sort of a direct communication between CrossFit HQ and media in terms of like, here's an email blast of our press releases, for example, mm -hmm. with all the press releases that were coming out with like sanctional announcements, I was being texted by like one or two people within the organization, people who were obviously very well involved in those decisions being made. But, and I, I love hearing from people individually but that communication breaks down much easier than a process that involves communicating to media as a whole, right? And obviously that puts a lot of work on your end of being like, okay, who do you include? What magazine counts? Like mm -hmm. does outside magazine get emailed the PRs? Right. Does like this like mom and pop shop blog get emailed the PRs? Like what happens there, right? And those are questions that I think there are precedents for, for other companies and other organizations and other communities that have figured out and there's study that can be done there to, you know, what are best practices. But that's one way that like, I know I would be like, I crawl the internet for what's going on. Mm -hmm. I talk to people who are involved in decision-making for what's going on. Um, but I very rarely hear any official word of what's going on. Right. And I don't know if that's on purpose or not. And I think the affiliates 
would probably agree with something along those lines, like having a communication from CrossFit HQ that's just built around the affiliates, being like, hey guys, here's what's happening and here's generally why things are happening, will soften the blow from when, you know, Joe Schmo wakes up at their affiliate to like open the gym and like while they're waiting for their members to come in for like the 4.30 a.m. class, they like open morning chalk up and see that there's no more Instagram. And they're like, wait, what? Right, so there's, there's these avenues in place and you won't be able to get everybody to mm -hmm. buy in or even read what it is you're sending them. But I would say a reasonable expectation is that the you know, the steps are being taken so that we could meet you halfway. We could read it without necessarily having to like spend an hour a day or more trying to find the information from somewhere else. Right. That, that makes sense. And that's a, that's a fair point in terms of communication with the affiliate, uh, just to explain like my scope lies largely within like the sport or working on the games. Um, that is a bit of feedback I can take back and, um, ask for answers. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what that looks like in terms of communication with um, between HQ and the affiliate. That's a very uh, precious relationship. It's an important relationship, and I don't want to misspeak on someone else's behalf in terms of like what's in the works, what's going on. Um, I don't know in terms of what's happening in terms of email. I do know there's a lot of FaceTime being put in by people on that staff of people picking up the phone and calling affiliates, people um, holding gatherings. We just held our 10-year affiliate gathering, which you were at, and that's where it's like, that's FaceTime, and I think that's the best form of communication. It'd be great if we can do that all the time. I know that there's talks and efforts of, of things like that being happening more in the future, and I think that's more touch points that are in person is gonna be the maximum effective dose of getting people information and keeping them in the loop. Um, and so I'm gonna leave that there, but like, I'm not going to just push that away. I'm going to take that back. But sure. In terms of the games, I, I do think that, like, I know that we are stepping in the direction of having more cadence communication. Like, what we're doing with this core portal is a step in the direction of getting a large amount of people together and distributing information. Like, that's that's the effort of that. Like, we have a platform that's just for publishers, uh, which you're a part of, to where, like, when things like penalties and um, releases come out, like, I want to put that in there and give context and give extra information of like what's going on, um, like what's the truth, and like what's what's and it's it's a place for to start that back and forth. Like it's it's very slow and uh, like we we did we use we use it very heavily at the games this year. Oh yeah, and there's a slow drip of it now in the um, in this new part of the season, but I think that's the start of that process of like I would like to see um, people that are that publish and create content and report on the games, like hop on and hop into that network and collaborate uh, with each other and hear from us at the same time. Um, and then in terms of like press releases, there, there's there's communications from uh, within this space when we're talking to people that cover the sport. And there's also uh, press releases that we're, we're going beyond the space and we're talking, we're talking about everybody in the community to other people that aren't a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, we did, we have recently did one of those. We did a, a global release um, talking about national champions that went internationally to uh, traditional media. And I think, like I can def I'm definitely happy to share, to share stuff like that when it goes out and like to include that in the, in the channel. Um, but like that's, that's that's a that's important to me. Like I want to communicate those things and to get more that information 
uh, about what's happening in the ins and outs of the games. And um, I'm already seeing people reach out with like asking for uh, different tidbits and clarifications and I'm happy to do the best that I can. Like um, I can't answer every question and there's, there's some things that I just can't do, but like I want, I'll at least like hear you out and try. Yeah. And I actually, I, I will say that I understand that this is a, a time consuming process. Changes don't happen overnight. At least a build doesn't happen overnight. You can take something away or, or destroy something overnight for sure, but a build doesn't happen overnight. Right. And so, you know, the fact that we're all connected on like a discord, uh, communication server, you know, that is based off of like who showed up at the games to mm -hmm. actually put the effort in to try and cover this thing from a media perspective. That means a lot. The fact that I can sort of get a, get like a, a ping on my phone and look at it and be like, Oh, I was sent the scoring penalties like the moment it was published. That's really meaningful. And I think that's been very useful for myself and other people in the space for knowing that we will be able to keep track of and stay on top of, you know, news like that as it breaks, right? Um, so I think that's definitely like the the underpinnings of a, of a good situation, right? Yeah. Something that, that helps out everybody because it helps you guys in that you don't really have the staff to like actually make a ton of content about these things anymore mm -hmm. and we don't have the time or uh space to just like wait right. and see what happens right and you can't look at like like you're saying you can't look everywhere mm -hmm. so um and i think we can take continue to build upon that and with the premise of like if we can fix the way we communicate i think there's room for more communication on those levels of like uh like because i'm i listen to what you say and like consider like the, the criticisms critiques like you talk about like we need like more uh clarification specification on penalties like that's something i consider and like we kick around it's like do we like what does that look like and we'll like like mull that around and like I've, you've seen it progress to like evolve over the four weeks of like how how do we make this better like what's the right amount of information what gives proper context to help people understand what's going on um but i think it can go instead of like me watching your video and like making a adjustment, like it just seems silly for that to be silent. Like we should have a back and forth. Mm -hmm. Like you should be able to happy to like hop on a tweet and ask a question. And like, I think the, the rub on that is like, it, it, it could be very easy to get to like a very like back and forth defensive place. And we just can't do that. Like right. We, we got to, we have to be better than that. And if we can agree to be better than that, like there's a lot of room for communication. Um, your, the, the penalties, I think, are interesting because we did see a progression, like the 20.4 penalties that were just announced had much more clarity as to why penalties were being assessed and how they were being assessed. You know, it was like, oh, this athlete did, you know, consecutive pistols on the same leg and missed one rep or missed two reps in this space. They stopped here and they did whatever. Um, that, I think, is a huge step in the right direction just as far as the penalties go. I think there's still, you know... There's space there, right? Um, for example, we saw on 20.3, we saw penalties that ranged from like three seconds to 30 seconds. And while there's like a lot of pitfalls for a precedent to be set as to like, okay, this many reps equals this much time. And therefore from now on during the open, when, uh, you know, handstand pushups show up and you miss like two handstand pushups, you're guaranteed just like five. So everyone just does two less handstand pushups and just takes the five second penalty and it's good to go, right? Like right. you don't want to set that, that precedent. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the rule book is 
purposefully vague in order to give you guys space to work. The communication from CrossFit has been, while improving, purposefully vague in order to give you guys space to work. It leaves a lot to be desired, desired from the athlete's perspective of where's their room to work, right? What can they expect in terms of the um, like video review process? You know, I think a lot of people didn't even know. A uh, perfect example of this is uh, Brooke Wells' handstand push-up video. I think it must have been from 2018. Was like, you know, demonstrated the capacity to do the workout. Absolutely true. Nowhere in the rule book was it clear that there was just a video review process specifically for capacity to do the workout as opposed to following the written rep scheme, rules, whatever, standards, right? Um, and so I get that you guys have, you have internally a, a way of dealing with these things, a, a, a context within which you like take this input, this information, these videos, and these performances, make adjustments as necessary, spit them out as you see fair. And it would be really cool if there was that insight for that process for coaches and athletes and the fans, I mean, it gives me something to talk about to be like, all right, here's why this thing is a three second penalty and this thing's a 30 second penalty. And it gives coaches and athletes a thing to talk about like, hey, we know that we have this gray area, like we have this leeway, you know, we can, we can play on these lines and like, you know, it's shifty because like, you know, if you give the people the gray area, mm -hmm. they're just going to push for more and push for more. And that kind of moves away from what you're saying in terms of, you know, making sure that movement standards are there for a reason. It's not just because it's a competition. It's because efficiency and good movement patterns are good for you in your life, not just for a good score at CrossFit. So, you know, there's a lot to balance out there. Um, but that's kind of the responsibility. That's kind of the task that you guys have set in terms of the organization's role as the arbiter of reps and the maker of the workouts and the setter of the standards, right? And that is a responsibility that's been taken upon CrossFit, whether it's still a responsibility that you guys want or something that might be pushed onto outside organizations later is different, but it's what you guys have. Right. And there's a lot there. Like, uh, I first want to say that it's not a mistake that some of the top athletes are some, also some of the best movers. Like it's, just, it's a natural order of like, um, like there's a relationship between that, between moving well and actually being able to move well at intensity. Um, but like, and to talk about the rules and rule books, like there's a, there are there are roles to be played in that situation. It's not just the rule book isn't written the way it is to, to give us room to work it's to give us room to get it right. So you don't want to paint yourself into a corner where you are bound to make a decision because this book says that. Like we're not we're not robots, we're all people. And it gives us a chance to be human and to correct things that should be corrected and to get it to get um, to get it right. Like we're not evil, we're not setting out to like do harm to people. We're trying to respect the relationship that's going on. There's a lot to consider um, with penalties like there's an athlete um, video submissions are a little bit different because you're essentially by yourself and you're asking to be judged by someone um, in, on by our internal team so we'll kind of push that one aside but when in an affiliate uh, we have a relationship as a business with that affiliate as like they are um, from our perspective for the most part a respected space that is teaching proper movement 
and they're signing up for the open or the two and, and having their athletes and uh, they're judging them and it's part of their brand. So it would be, uh, I think there's a, there's a balance to be struck of when you're watching an athlete move in a gym and there's a person that they're sitting there coaching them that has a better perspective than a video does and, do, and doesn't always have, because videos don't always have the greatest angle based on what, whatever the setup is. There's a little bit of trust of like have, looking at that person that's a coach certified in the, in the um, a certified judge looking at an athlete and being like, no, 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 you don't know anything. We're going to step in and just judge this workout like you're not even there. That's a, that's a weird fit line to play with. So I think that um, that's something that we consider. And it's also with, with penalties, like I, um, it's unique in terms of um, how this is done. Like it's not the same as football or basketball where you've got the same size field or the same rules and penalties have been measured out as like, hey, like pass interference is this or that. Like we have a lot of um, spots, spot fouls in our sport where you have to correct based on exactly what's happening in that moment. And I think that's what you saw from the previous rule book which had three options for penalties to this year's rule book there's many options. It's room for us to get it right, to apply the correct penalties uh, to the correct athlete um, under the right pretense of like, okay, well, this athlete, this athlete is clearly demonstrating that they are not hitting the points of performance. We can see that there's video evidence of that, and we need to step in and correct it, like the missed reps and, and things like that. So there's all these, there's this entire conversation of like, what is right? It's not just a blind robotic process of like, you get a penalty and major penalty and like we're trying to met like I think it'd be, I think it'd be very uncomfortable if we approached it from that standpoint of like hey if it's if it, it's um, if it looks like it we're just going to apply a major penalty until it looks perfect I think that's not that's not enjoyable that 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 I think that plays with the fabric of the sport and the agreement of the open which is yes there's a huge competitive layer but there's also a very big community layer that's 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 uh, ingrained in the open of like us all getting together and just doing and doing workouts and um, moving better. So I think that there's there's uh, the judging process is constantly being worked on, and that team takes pride in like getting it right and does its best effort to make sure that it corrects um, that it gets judging gets judgments right because it's so important. Um, but I I do think that it's also room for like the the same responsibility to be shared abroad in terms of um, athletes being critical of themselves that like really care about looking at their movements or having somebody who's not them unbiased being critical of their movements and seeing where they can improve. It's like game film. Like it, it's um, like perfect that process, get in love with like being a really good mover and, and not, uh, but if you're gonna ride the line, like you're, you're rolling the dice. You're, you're putting, the second you start, decide to go down that road, you're putting the decision in someone else's hand, and so you're subject to their decision. One of the things that I um, very much respect and like about sort of the new way things are done at CrossFit HQ is that, and you brought this up, and you're like, oh, we, we, we've seen your videos and we take this back to the team and we discuss like, hey, are these points you know, accurate? Is this even the concern? And if so, how can we um, improve this? Is there something there to improve? Like, or is he just off his rocker? Uh, the fact that that exists is kind of mind blowing to me because up until 
probably this season, if there was criticisms, uh, it felt like, and it seemed like, everything was just sort of like, go ahead and put it in the suggestion box. And like you put up the top of the suggestion box and it's a trash can. It's like nothing was making it through into the internal discussions in a way that actually affected the outcome of a decision-making process, right? Um, from an outsider's perspective, one of the biggest issues that I had with CrossFit was it seemed like no one would listen if someone was like, hey man, that's not a good idea. Like, I'm sure it had to have been situations where this isn't a good idea and it's like, you're right, that's not a good idea, we shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. But it seemed like so many things made it through where it was like, if you, if, if I would hate to see the alternatives, if that process was going on, I would hate to see what didn't make it because for example, the handstand pushup standard that was used in 2018 and again in this year is, <laughs> yeah, so is you didn't like it a lot is <laughs> I didn't like it a lot. <laughs> so, so I saw that yeah. I, a lot of did not like, mm -hmm. I think it's a great way of describing it. Right. And I have really strong feelings about that standard. I, I, I don't think it, it accomplishes what it's supposed to do. I think it puts uh, undue stress on the way the open is actually handled on the ground at affiliates. I think it adds in a layer of, of questionability to performances that it does not need to be there in any way, shape, or form. I think it just, it just makes things way more complicated than it needs to, and yet we saw it return. And it's like, that is really strange. However, maybe if I make enough good points about why it shouldn't have existed in the first place, it won't come back again. And the fact that I have that idea that, hey, maybe I can make a difference here and people saying this isn't a good idea can make a difference here could change things is a big positive change to me, right? Do you think that this sort of... Well, first of all, do you think that the handstand push-up standard is going to come back? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not... I'm not privy to that, but I think it's a lot more innocent than it's received. It's like I think like what what if it's as simple as it's a repeat workout and you in order to effectively repeat a workout you have to maintain the same standards. Now or what if what if it's a what if it's part of a process of like what does it look like to repeat it one year to another and what does it look like to repeat it and and tweak something? Like did you did you do the same workout? Right. Um and in this case like if the standard was different, you're not doing the same workout. Sure. And that and those rules are in place not to make it not fun. It's like it, there's something we're looking for and we're they're trying to correct. And it's it's hard to thread that needle because there are athletes that like will try to find that edge or try to ride the line of like how can I not do a handstand push-up but do something that's like really easy that kind of looks like a handstand push-up but I'm kind of just leaning up against the wall and sliding up and down. And that's not what the movement's supposed to be so i think that's a challenge like and that's not like i don't write workouts so that's not my area but I, I don't think it's like from a i like the, i think some of the disagreement and like you not liking it is completely like i'm comfortable with that that's sports action like if you don't like something like you should be talking about it but there's a there's a box that fits in in terms of like where does it become like sports talk sports action where it's critical or something that like we need to change and that's part of what listening is, is like when I'm listening for like, okay, what's, what is, what needs to be listened to and absorbed and what's something where I need to raise a red flag and say, okay, like we need to look at this now. Um, there's sometimes where I think it's, 
where time helps all of us, where we get further enough away from it. And we look at it and like, okay, do we need to examine this? And there's actually a lot of conversations that happen internally of just listening to what's being said and like, okay, like, how do we, how do we correct this? People are really upset um, about this thing. Like, if we remove the layer of emotion, what's really there? Um, there's, there's tons of examples of that, of like where someone has like, if you tweet like at the games or you come with like a lot of frustration, like the first instinct is like, okay, what's the driver of this emotion? Like, is it just purely emotion? Because if it's purely emotion, like there's a degree that I can't help. Like, I don't, like you have to calm down and then you tell me like what is actually wrong. Um, and that's the point where I can be like, okay, like I can take those like critical points and facts and like, can I do anything about that? Like, is that my job? Is it outside my scope? Like those are the, all the filters I run it through. But um, I think there's a lot more listening um, and receptiveness than is perceived. So it's, it's tough, um, I think, to find the right sort of perspective for some of this stuff because of how the past like eight years or so have been right like CrossFit as an organization now sort of is not purposefully moving itself outside of the limelight but is absolutely positioning itself in a different way than it was before right now it's like the um, not the architect they're, they're no longer this sort of like you know we control everything from the top down. And again, we talked about that, how it's completely antithesis to like what Greg Glassman stands for. And that's why one of the things I, I like about the new changes with like the opening up of CrossFit Games Media, like you and I would probably have never had this conversation if it wasn't for the fact that things are very, very different than they mm -hmm. were before. But someone is setting that standard. Someone is, you know, being sort of like the core of you know, or the forefront of what is going on in our space, both on the affiliate and the training side and on the sports side, and that is CrossFit HQ, and that's purposeful. It, it, it has been that way, and maybe it won't be that way 10 years from now. Maybe HQ will kind of turn into the CrossFit Foundation or whatever, and their, their job is to sort of make sure that the training continues and that their L1s going on around the world and their affiliates being supported, but not necessarily you know, like licensing out the games to somebody or whatever. Like, you know, there's there's a million different ways it could be 10 years from now, but the context of where we are right now is that we just changed from a situation in which it was pretty much my way or the highway from HQ. Uh, and, you know, you guys are now open to critique in a way that you haven't been in the past. Do you think that this is moving in the right direction, right? Absolutely. Like I, I want to be careful not to blend uh, too many conversations. But there's there's a game side of things where I think there is a very open model in terms of like, let's collaborate. Let's see what works. Let's like the sanctionals. Like let's see. Let's work with work together with independent outside companies to make something cool and to, to try things that is cool in the, in the sport. Um, and then like, but at the end of the day, we are a training business. So on the side of the training house, I think we have a group and we have leaders uh, uh, the people that lead our training department are uniquely positioned and talented and just excellent at what they do and they have earned the right to be heard um, 
and to lead that process. And I think that they should. And if you, there's evidence, evidence of that all over the place. Um, you know, I mean, they're like, uh, Nicole and Dave are world-class leaders of that training space. The evidence of that is in the L1 training cadre. Um, the, uh, that group of people is like a fantastic, I was just down at the, the, level one seminar that's a fantastic group of individuals that have people that are like they're professional coaches like that's they're ex good examples of what it means to be a pro people that are hungry that are searching for more information that can look at somebody and uh, look at somebody moving and encourage them to be better and ex speak to them in a language they understand and get them to move their body in the right way um like just a random thought of like what i would like to see is like it'd be it'd be great for a uh, a normal or everyday coach in the box to be able to go to a grocery store and to see somebody walking around or see like an older person walking around with a cane or with uh, um, some kind of assistance or so, some kind of like broken posture be like hey like I know how to assist you like I can help or see somebody that's uh, chronically ill or overweight and be like like let's let's work on this like come to my gym like I think that's the kind of conversations I would like to see um us like it's probably already happening but to see more of them more commonly like i've seen it before like in my own like i go to whole foods all the time for um for dinner and i i saw there was one one night where there was an older man older gentleman and he dropped something on the floor and he just looked at it and i was looking at him and i was confused and the right where it hit me like we met eyes and he was like weighing the cost of going to ground because of the because of how because of how I can move and that like I felt that like I wanted to be able to do something for him like I'm not to the level of coach where I'm like hey like I can help you but I would love to see people step into their shoes like I picked it up for him but like I think that that's there's something big there um, on the training side and I so so get back to your question like I think that 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 group where that that's our business and I think that we're really good at that and people should take a look at um, at least the level one and it, uh, like everybody should take a look at that material it's free freely available online and it's being packaged um, in chewable on com and coaches should be curious about the l2 l3 and to going deeper into what it means to be in that space um, so does that answer your question there's like a there's a there's a dual answer in terms sure. of like a very openness and collaboration and creativity on the sports side and uh, supreme responsibility in terms of training um, and telling the truth, defending the brand, um, and then also exploring like the ills and modern medicine in terms of the health side. So with the with sort of like that openness and creativity on the sports side, like do you think you guys are you're meeting that that creed? Like do you think that the sports side, outside of regionals going away, sanctionals coming in, and that being sort of like this force feed of non-HQ decision-making outside of that do you think that that's going on like is there this openness to I mean there's symptoms of it like we're seeing uh, independent documentaries coming out we're seeing media on the media side of coverage uh, structurally infrastructure from the sport there's there's more uh, licensed CrossFit competitions going on people are iterating on that side so yes there's symptoms like I'm I'm here to kind of breach the conversation to kind of push it. Like I want to see more um, 
like I said at the beginning, creators into the space and, and collaborate to the degree that they're delighted, like what they want to do. Somebody's like, hey, like, I want to take pictures or I want to do whatever, like, let's talk about it and figure it out. Um, I'm not going to be naive and say we can do everything, but I definitely want to effort in the right direction of like doing more. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, we've been here for well over an hour at this point. I'm curious, like, do you think that based off of what you laid out when we first started, this idea that maybe there's this sort of toxic shift in communication in the space, do you think we've sort of bridged some gaps and removed, have we sort of helped that situation in a, in a way? Would you expect someone watching this or listening to this to sort of take that to heart and, and you know, adjust their behavior or their perspective or maybe give a little more leeway or grace to, to you know, others? Um, I would hope so. Like, I, I think I kind of stumbled out of the start, but I, my, my hope is that, or my goal is like maybe like one or two people. Like, I think this is brand new and I don't think it should stop here. I think the, the conversation should continue. This is a good step. But if I, if one person could watch this video, and I'm not saying don't just take what I'm saying like blindly as fact, like digest it and let it sit with you. Like the same way I did with this, this past year and really think about it and decide if I'm right or wrong. Um, don't just tell me in the first like 10 minutes of this publishing of like, but like think about it and then come back and like, let's work on it. Cause I may be onto something. I may be a little bit, have a little piece out of place and need to get, like, I want to, it's not like the set in stone thing. Like I want to continue to evolve and it would be great to have people contributing thoughts in this space of, um, of the games and the ecosystem and contributing ideas. So I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, but I don't want to stop stepping. I don't know what the next, I don't know what all the next steps are, that, but, but yeah. Cool. Haynes, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no Thank you for your time. It's mm -hmm. awesome.